0: hey welcome to minor details i'm nick and i'm james and i'm reed Woo! he's here everyone ba, 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 ba. the king yeah i forgot i was here for a second <laughs> by royal decree um it's yeah, nice well, well, so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> welcome welcome reed um you are, you, this is reed Lego for those of you who are just tuning in
1: and you are the first guest of yes. the
2: minor details podcast yes you don't even understand how excited i am <laughs> I got on a bus, and it was a whole ten minute ride down the street. It was great.
0: <laughs> Buses in New York? That that's a that's a statement right there. How
2: did they get your throne onto the bus? Uh, you know the little How did your servants. They had to put the little like wheelchair lift down, and oh, I great. scooted it, scooted it in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah,
1: it's very exciting to have our first guest be Rich Schlegel. right? King of Instagram. King
0: of Instagram. Yeah, for the for, mom, just so you know, Rich Schlegel is a. <laughs> As a designer, are you talking to your mom directly? Yeah, there are people that don't know Reed, and I thought I might uh, just explain the king reference. Um, mm-hmm. Reed is a designer in New York City, working for he's worked for several consultancies around the the area, and he is the Instagram Instagram king. He has one thirty five, something like that. Yeah, one thirty five followers right now. Making amazing stuff.
2: 135. I haven't even broken 500 yet. It's very right, small. Right,
0: He's working on it. He's yeah. working on that first 1,000, but mm-hmm. he'll get that. Takes a while. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah. You
2: have a good week, Reed? I did. And just so everyone knows, I literally don't ever refer to myself as any type <laughs> of monarchy or royalty. So I do. Just, just so you know, I just want to put that out there. I had a good week. Uh, it's pretty early in the week still, but... Nothing to complain about so far. The weather's nice.
0: Yeah. It's getting hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like the hottest day we've recorded on so far, James. For sure. And it's already getting, like, it's probably a nice 79 degrees in my room right now.
1: Yeah. Do we have, uh, I mean, we usually, we use this time for updates. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I guess, I mean, we can talk about, because we just finished up our watering can project yeah watering mm-hmm. can
0: of course let's hear that
1: yeah so um we did a photo shoot last week i mean i read you were the art director so uh you know i i remember what was it thursday night uh video chatting with you <laughs> while you were at the art supply store looking at colors
2: yeah i was in the basement literally video chatting or facetiming james i'm like purple and green or green and blue or green could we do a different color for all of them should we do one and i was like james pink is just really speaking to me i think we should do pink yeah but we should buy all of them fyi those backgrounds are like 15 a piece oh that's cheap no i thought it was so it's a piece of paper oh it's not a roll no it it's like a big three foot by three and a half foot piece of chipboard basically oh. it's colored
0: oh i thought you guys had a roll no no we just yeah that's kind of expensive yeah, if you see, I the, love the pink. By the way, I thought that was a wonderful choice.
2: It was fun. Is that
1: is that considered millennial pink, or what? It, what is millennial pink? Is it is it's it little, deeper
0: than that? It's a little more skin toned, I think.
2: Yeah. What's the light new light. one? Gen Z yellow or something? What's <laughs> oh, the oh, new, there's really? a new one? There, I was reading trend reports yesterday. and They're talking about yellow as the new one now. Wow, yellow is the
1: new pink. Mm-hmm.
2: Everybody, <laughs> yeah. The Go out pink. there, change it's... your eyes eyeshadow. Yeah, but pink to seem like it would look good with. I don't know, our hands in it, and it goes well with green and white, so. It yeah, like a it really made the, ground. it really made the green pop.
0: It was good, too, because on a white, uh, white prototypes, on a white background, would disappear. Mm-hmm. That's always tough.
2: Yeah, we knew it was gonna be really tricky if we were gonna do that, so first, I was thinking I would use one of those big Strathmore tan rolls, but then <laughs> the tan just seemed, like, literally beige and boring. Right. So... But working at Aureliden, I've been picking up a bunch of new art direction type things. And it's been really fun kind of seeing how it organically is now changing how I approach design outside of work. And we had just done some photo shoots for the Shred Sled, which the rest of the Aureliden team did most of the work for. I just caught the end of it because I was traveling. But I was photoshopping it to put it up on Instagram. We put a pink background on it, and we recycled that again. That was
1: the skateboard for the frog skateboard... Design, right? Mm-hmm. right. Um, yeah, that was cool.
0: Yep. And uh, oh, I have one more question. Did you? What was your favorite water wall- watering can? And are you gonna do anything else with them? Are you gonna manufacture them for real, or I is it know. just for fun?
1: Uh, we've been talking about doing something with them. I, I mean, my favorite of my own is the is the X can, and I think you know, it would be really hot to see it in like in some sort of steel, you know, like a polished steel. You Mm -hmm. could easily get that prototyped at least. Yeah. And then read which?
2: Um, I don't know. I mean, I think this project was really fun in general because A, the point of it was to get out of comfort zones and working with James. We have pretty different styles when it comes to things, but it's fun working with people who are different than you because I never would have made fun, whimsical designs like I did for this one. So my designerly self likes the flow form, like leaf top one the most, mm-hmm. but just because it literally makes me laugh, I love the dinosaur one. I just, <laughs> when we put it down, like it was swimming behind those plants, I think I peed myself. A little bit <laughs> I also want to mention about that photo shoot. We did that
1: with my iPhone. Yeah. You know, and, and that kind of, it kind of goes to my whole ethos of, like, use what you have, and I, I don't know. It's it's more, I don't know. I I don't like I don't like a big orchestrated setup. Right. I mean, we had some really nice lighting because Reed has some 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 nice lighting at his at his place. Um,
0: lighting but, is m- most of photography, honestly.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. So. It was, it was such a fun project and just like fun doing the brainstorming with somebody else. I mean, I, I feel like most of the time in in my jobs, I'm brainstorming by myself and then presenting that work to people. So like, it was a, it was a breath of fresh air to like brainstorm with, with somebody.
0: Yeah.
2: Brainstorming by yourself is the worst. I don't like it. (laughs) I get 15 ideas out, and then I convince myself I'm the worst designer on the planet. I need someone else <laughs> to have it. Because I'm the type of person that I believe there's no such thing as a bad idea. Because even if it is actually a bad idea, it'll make someone else in the group come up with a good idea. Of right? course, of course. And even if they come up with another bad idea, that bad idea might come back and make you think of a good idea. So it's just spitballing having stuff come out is my favorite way to do it and having no judgment. And that's how we used to do it a lot at Smart Design. That's where I kind of picked that up. And, yeah, I love brainstorming, even if it's just one other person. It's just so yeah. much better.
1: Now, you've mentioned now, you know, Frog and Smart and Arledon, and I think we should get into yeah. the, the, the resume or the
0: oral history of I, I wanna Reach hear, Legal. I want to hear where you started Read. I also want to hear, because you guys went to school together.
2: Yeah. did. Yeah, same class. Mm-hmm. Luckily. Yeah. Met James 10 years ago I now. Grabbed,
1: I grabbed a hold of his robes.
2: And didn't let go. That that didn't happen. <laughs> if anything, I was following James around, listening to him orally dictate uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force all through college. <laughs> it was great. That's true. You did. You turned me on to some good TV shows back then. That was my role. Yeah, but we did. We met at Virginia Tech. And what was that? In 2009 when we met? Yeah, I would have had to, okay. So, sophomore year? Yeah. Um, but. I mean, even before that, Reid, what, what got you interested in industrial design? Um, well, when I worked at Smart, they made you have a fun thing on your business card. And I put mine that I started collecting power tools when I was seven. Because my uh-huh. grandfather, who is now deceased at the time every year for my birthday starting like seven would give me a power tool which is probably a very dangerous thing for a child to have but (laughs) my parents like yeah it's fine yeah so i started with a palm sander then i got a drill then a circular saw then a skill saw then a whole bunch of other stuff and then like every i don't know middle school boy i just loved making skateboard ramps and things and i just got into building stuff and then from i don't even know honestly from as little as I can remember I've always drawn. My parents had me in oil painting classes when I was like five. Oil so, painting? Yeah. <laughs> I did a lot of fine art as a kid. Wow. So I did a ton of that stuff growing up, and pastels and watercolors and things. And then I did that for a long time. Then I got to middle school where all of a sudden it's not cool, I'm doing air quotes right now, <laughs> to, be the, to be the art kid. So I stopped doing it until I got to my senior year in high school where all of a sudden I discovered what design was and I convinced my teachers in high school to be like, can I please take honors art major and AP art and all these things? Mm -hmm. And they made me, they gave me a brief over a weekend. I came back and they're like, okay, you can be in these classes. And then I was like, the funny thing is I actually got really sick for a month in high school and that's why I did my portfolio because I literally couldn't leave my mom's basement. So that's how I made my, I cranked out a whole portfolio for college in a month. Wow, and how that's, sick! What kind of sickness? I got mono, so like I couldn't, okay. like you know, the stereotypical right. you're in high school right. and you feel like you're gonna die for a month. That's yeah. basically what happened. But the funny thing is, it's how I got my design portfolio done. So, but even funnier thing was all the schools I went to, I didn't even go to the ones that required a portfolio. Right. You know, tech didn't require a portfolio. No,
1: that was that was really strange to me. That was that they a didn't... state school?
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah,
1: I because I didn't. Well, I didn't come in through. The normal means because I, I came in through summer studio um into the industrial design program and i did show like a bit of a portfolio to ron chemnitzer who was the head of the program at the time but I, and i had an interview with him mm-hmm. but um but yeah what was the process for just like coming in as a first year
2: it's super open honestly the only school that i needed a portfolio for was rit and i got in there but i didn't end up going it's a great school, but I just went to Tech because my cousin had gone there and, <clears throat> I don't know, just ended up going. I did, honestly didn't think about college too much. I was like, this place seems cool. Let's I go there.
0: I, I can understand that. Like, when you're in high school, it's this thing that doesn't really click yet. I right. Feel like you have to get out of college to understand, oh, that was such a big part of my career, my decision. Yeah. It's it's crazy how important that is, putting mm-hmm. that decision on, like, an 18-year-old, you know?
1: I know. I completely shut down like my junior year of, of high school and had like an existential crisis. So I was like, "What is it all for?" <laughs> and like, only looked at three schools, oh, wow. or or only applied to three schools, and uh, just ended up like picking tech because like
2: when I walked on the campus, I was like, "This feels right." I have the exact same story. I only applied to three. Yeah, I applied to Purdue, RIT, and Virginia Tech, and luckily Purdue was a rolling admission. So I got in there like September and that was one of my top three schools so I didn't have to apply anywhere else Mm -hmm. and it made my college application process so much easier right? because it made the list instantly really short and I just went to Tech, got a good vibe for the campus and just decided I was going to go and I've always kind of been someone who believes that you can kind of make whatever you want out of something if you just like work really hard at it and I think it's the same thing with school. People are like, my school doesn't give me what I need. It's like, no, you're just not going and finding what you need. Your right. school probably has some pretty awesome things that you're just not seeking
0: out. I always say the the school question comes up a lot and you could go to the best school for design in the world and still slack off and fail. Yeah. But you could go to the worst school for design in the world and be the best designer. That ever yeah. Was. I think it
1: has more to do with ambition and just like grit yeah. than, than anything else. I mean, some schools I think have better resources than others, but mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I don't think there's really anything preventing you from being successful as long as you're, I don't know, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's mostly just about perseverance more than anything.
2: Yeah, when I've, so I've been to, I think at this point, 20 schools around the US. Oh, okay. doing workshops,
0: workshops and talks?
2: Yeah, I did workshops around for a while with the goal of eventually teaching full-time, and that's why now I've kind of s- slowed down to one or two a year for those, and now I teach at Parsons every semester. Or oh, I, I taught last semester, I took this one off because I started a new job, and now I'm going back next semester. But I'm actually always so much more impressed when I go to a school that's not very good, mm. and I find some students that are good, right, because yeah. those are the hustlers. Those right. are the kids you see, and you're like, you're, you want it. Like, right. You really want it. Because I'm not going to name names, but there are some schools I've been to that I'm like, Ugh. But even schools like that can put out good students, and that's why I believe it's as long as you really try hard and you can do a lot. Like, you might have to work more than someone else who has more resources, but you can always do a really good
0: job at something. Yeah. You'll, and you'll get it. The people who really want it are the people who get
2: it. Yeah.
1: And I mean, right now, I mean, it's, it's especially amazing because there's so many online resources that I feel like a student at a bad school... Can probably find you know they they can find things on Behance and be like right. wow that's what a really good project looks like mm-hmm. how do I how do I do that and then look up a tutorial and right. you know it's
0: tutorials yeah can change your world but also one thing that I'm thinking of is people often ask also do you have to go to college to learn industrial design no I don't... I've met I've met
1: one one of the guys that's the co-founder of Quip who. I I replaced him in a, in a job he uh, when he left to go start quip yeah he didn't go to school for design industrial design oh, did, did did he, he go to school at all he went to school for business I believe okay and that might spent, be a, I,
0: might, I might be yeah
1: he spent a year in his parents basement uh, this is this is kind of like the tall tale okay. I don't know how much of this is right. accurate right. right but I heard that he spent a year in his parents basement just learning. Design basically, on learning internet? learning the programs, learning how to sketch. Interesting. And and got an internship, and I mean once you get an internship,
0: yes, I think yeah. If you work your way up through internships and junior positions, I think maybe it's possible. I think it's very difficult because I think there's still this intangible thing that happens in the studio that's collaborative with you. Yeah. Work, when you're like hands on making stuff,
1: I think he's a unique character, okay. you know. But it's, uh, what I'm saying is it's. Not impossible. Okay, I I won't say it's impossible, but... I do think that for... It's highly unlikely. Yes. I do think that for most people, it's a good environment, and it's good to just kind of give you that space to develop
2: yourself. Right. And you also need to go... You need to go somewhere to learn how to be critiqued and how to talk about design. Having hard skills is one thing. Yeah. It's like people who have amazing skills like sketching or rendering, but the designs are terrible. Or people that get really upset when you critique their work. You kind of, unfortunately, part of design school, I feel like, is learning how to have a tough, like a thick skin. Oh, yeah. A little bit. Oh, yeah. And I don't know, it's, if you're sitting in your basement, your mom's not going to be like, your designs are terrible. <laughs> She's going to put it on the fridge and tell you you're a special little flower. It's a very different thing. I,
0: well, depends on what kind of mother you have. That's right. <laughs> I, I always say that, you know, you could be the best scalpel user in the world. You could use a scalpel and you could cut out a snowflake or something out of someone's body, but that doesn't make you a surgeon, you know? It's like that kind of thing. That's,
1: that's quite a stretch, Nick. <laughs> no, that's, that's my analogy. It makes I you know, a sociopath. I cut snowflakes <laughs> out of people.
0: <laughs> the snowflake thing was a little. <laughs> but I, I'm, curi- I'm
1: curious. I'm curious, Reid. Did you did you say? I I don't know if you were saying if you like how you found out about industrial
2: design itself okay. as a major. Yeah. So it was really roundabout. I think maybe it's different now, but when we all were kids, I didn't know what design was. I think if you wanted to be creative as a kid, you thought, I'll be an architect. That's the only thing that existed back Mm -hmm. then. And I thought I was going to be an architect. And then I thought I was going to be a mechanical engineer. And I was going to a bunch of schools for ME. And I got to Purdue University. And this grad student was giving a tour. And it's crazy how one person can literally change your entire life path. Where he just asked me, what do you like to do? And I said, oh, I build stuff a lot. And I like drawing. And I like solving problems. And he goes, oh, have you heard of industrial design? And I said, no idea what it was. And he literally walked me to another building, brought me inside, swiped me in, showed me the design studio. And they were building big foam prototypes of yachts. Yeah. And yachts aren't really my thing, but it was really cool seeing like, wow, these people are going to school to learn how to make really awesome models. This is stuff I do in my free time. And I didn't even know what industrial design was in the first place. And then after that, I basically changed all my applications to industrial design and... I got lucky. Honestly, I don't know what else I would have done if I didn't do ID. Right. The most preposterous part
1: of that entire story was that you're from New Jersey and you don't like yachts. People,
2: who who in New Jersey do you know as a yacht? Every New Jerseyan. Everyone? I mean, it's... Man, I had long really, friends going up. People in New
0: Jersey have farms, right? That's what I thought. New Jersey is the whole
2: country mushed into one tiny state. There's <laughs> literally everything. <laughs> Except desert. There's no desert. Um, but, so, I guess if we fast
1: forward to to Virginia Tech I mean mm-hmm. I remember it being first year well my first year was condensed into a summer but I just remember it being a really it had a lot of ups and downs to it like a lot of really hard lessons learned mm-hmm. did you did you feel any of those
2: moments in your first year I had a really specific first year professor because at Virginia Tech if you get in the first year and you have, year first year it's architecture industrial design landscape architecture interior design all mixed together and then it's sophomore year where you split out and during individual majors and i had this teacher who was kind of infamous in the school and he his name was sal he was really awesome yeah. i actually liked sal a lot but he would kind of show up and cross his legs and had his tea every morning and just basically sit there and go What do you have for me? (laughs) And that was it every month. And he didn't give a shit what you were doing as long as you did a lot of it. A girl in my class was making paper mache Invader Zim dolls. But she made them every day. And by the end of like a month, they were amazing. And he didn't care that they were this action figure person. He just cared that she was learning patience, craft, process, and she was honing her skill. And then later on, we obviously got some projects we had to focus our skills on. But I think that was the biggest thing for me of this having no homework or no direction of just create and learn. And it's he basically instilled in me right away that if you want to be successful in design, it's 100% your responsibility to be successful in design. No sure. one's going to make you successful. You have to go out and work and keep going and keep trying. And you have to have that innate quality or else you're just going to get passed by with other people.
0: Right. I think that's good advice for any career almost. Maybe not like accounting right? You'd be a damn good accountant. <laughs> Accountants have to
2: practice, right? Keep their minds fresh. I honestly don't even know. I uh, don't know. If you mess up a watering can, what happens? Mess up someone's taxes, they're oh, accounting? Oh, that's bad. That's bad. Yeah. They can go bankrupt. Yeah,
0: maybe it? they should, yeah, definitely. Persuade. I don't know. If
1: you mess up a watering can, maybe your plants, plants die? I don't
2: know. I don't it's know. It's not terrible. We have to we'll Which have is to worse, find out. plants
0: dying or the police coming to get you for tax fraud?
2: Well, what kind of plant is it? <laughs> it's a it's a monstera right that's right.
0: monstera those good ones you know the big monster ones. Monst- yeah it's monstera. Is that so, an orchid i don't know it, it looks like a big elephant leaf plant huh i like plants i don't know those. i know i'm sitting next to one it's
1: peering over my shoulders
0: <laughs> it's, it's <sighs> listening in james
1: yeah but um, what was your project? What, what did you do your first year that you were? Yeah, what was your you very first, diligent?
0: What was your very first industrial design project? Ooh. Well, that's that was second it? year.
1: Oh. Oh, the first. I, I want to know what in Sal's studio you obsessed over.
2: Um. I just like making things. Like I remember freshman year, he said we all had to have an architectural drafting table, and I thought, why do I need this? So if I'm gonna have one, I may as well make one. So I made a solid maple one instead for studio. And he's like, "What is this?" I was like, "I made a table instead." He's like, "Nice." And moved on to the <laughs> next person. Didn't not phased at all. Didn't yeah. care. Um, but we did simple stuff where it was thinking about form, and we had to do different types of cubes and then warping them and moving them and figuring out what proportions were and just his big thing was iteration. Like he basically like hammered it into our head all year, iteration, oh, right. iteration, iteration. And I remember the first the first assignment, we had to make this thing, like an abstracted cube. And I had made one where I can't really describe it, but it was a bunch of like little dowels that made this thing. And it was probably three inches by three inches by three inches. And he came over and he just goes, too small, and like whacks it off the desk. <laughs> and he's like, you do not make small in design. You make big. You make it people understand it, so they can see it, and so they can, they, you don't, not small, you make larger. <laughs> And then I just learned from that day forward, all right, I don't do small anymore. That's why when I teach at Parsons, sometimes I have some students who just draw itty-bitty tiny little sketches. That's a common thing. That's a common thing. And all I try and do is be like, come on, man, that tells you the idea, which is perfect for your notebook. But when you're working with other people, you got to make it a little bigger. Got to make it actually clear. Yeah. But, uh,
1: you know, Nick was asking, I think it's appropriate to move on to second year which was when we got at, into industrial design what was your first project
2: uh, i did the i don't even remember what its name was but it was basically this neoprene sleeve that you put soap into and it was for people with arthritis that way you could basically like bathe yourself without having any grip in your fingers so it was this thing and the funny part is, I remember our classmates' projects just as much as mine. Like, <laughs> I can go around and probably tell you everyone in our class what they Tell did. me mine, Reed. Uh, were you guys
0: in the same first yeah. initial design class? Well, we
2: were. Yeah, yeah. So when second year, when
1: second year started, mm-hmm. that was uh, when I met Reed for the first time. Okay.
2: And that was fun. they changed the program a lot. They basically just like, put you at the edge of the deep end and kicked you in. And it said, all right, design a product <laughs> yeah. on day one. And it's hilarious. I've tried putting my old um, college projects on Instagram right. just to show students, like, look how terrible my stuff I was. I remember one of those posts, yeah. I remember and that. it did, like, no one gave up two shits about it. Yeah. So I kind of, I was like, all right, that didn't work. I'm not going to try that again. <laughs> well, but, what was
1: your project, James? Well, I wanted to see if Reed remembered it. Oh, I don't. I don't <laughs> you don't remember? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mine, I just remember your
2: drill, James. That's the only one.
0: Oh, the drill.
1: Uh, an unfortunately phallic-shaped drill. Mm. Uh, everybody... It
0: happens. You know, it, it happens. happens to the best. Every designer
2: has a dick product. Yep. It's, yeah. it's just unintentional, but unavoidable. It's so ergonomic. <laughs> um, but
1: uh, my first my first ID project was I, I created the concept of a toothpaste tablet, oh. which would dissolve in your mouth. Have we talked about this? You ta- uh,
0: you've told me about it. I, sure.
1: I probably, I, I might have talked about it on the podcast. Okay. I'm not sure. But I, you know, it was just like, I basically the prompt was to redesign some sort of hygiene dispenser. That was like the prompt, yeah. yeah. And I was, I was trying to figure out toothpaste, and I just said to myself, toothpaste is terrible. I want to make a toothpaste tablet. Right. So I created a new product, and then I created a dispenser for it. Nice. And it was like a traveling toothpaste tablet dispenser. Huh. Um, but yeah. it's so it's so funny looking back on it
0: yeah i i recently looked back at some of my old projects just for the fun of it yeah and my very first industrial design project was a disposable camera but we had to combine the design language of another brand and so i chose bmw and so i put like the bmw grill on top of this disposable camera and it just did (laughs) not work at all (laughs) i had to make a model and i made it out of clay or a sculpting I swear I've talked about this on the podcast, I right? Think, I think you talked about it on major details after the podcast. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I put it in the oven. It, you know, Sculpt, you have to put it in the oven to harden, and it came out so lumpy, and then I spray painted it with some sort of toxic black spray paint, and it never dried. It was so bad. It was so <laughs> bad.
1: You can and check out all the... And can,
0: look at you now, Nick. I'm making better things. <laughs> at least I hope so. Um... You can also check out all these images of, you know, our first projects at minordetailspodcast.com.
1: Oh yeah, we should post them up. I think that there should be like a hashtag, like,
0: you know, first year ID. First year ID. Like we should start that. We could do that.
2: Is that where your name Almost Object came from?
0: Almost Object. It was that... almost a camera. It was almost <laughs> an object. <laughs> I've almost made good stuff. <laughs> just never got there. Oh man. Some of our projects were so bad back
2: in the day. That's what everyone needs to understand. Is that everyone starts somewhere? We all we all let, start somewhere, mm, certainly.
1: Let me let me uh, let me provide a counterpoint to that. In my view, looking back, you actually were. I feel like your projects were pretty well thought out and pretty professional, like from the start. I'm trying to remember any project of yours that I would consider like a dud, because like I mean, the thing about Reed is like. You know, you are a perfectionist. Like, you're not going to settle for anything that's, like, less than or, like, that's absurd. So I don't remember a single project being like, wow, we really, the bed here, like. Thank you, James. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember, like, you didn't have a dick drill. I'm trying to remember. No, no dick drill. I'm trying to remember any of your other projects where I was like, nope, uh uh-uh
2: see that hear that silence i'm think i'm trying to think through them all <laughs> i mean you always look back and you think on things that you can fix
0: yeah you're never satisfied with your old projects for sure
2: no and if you are you're never gonna do get you have better. a favorite project
0: from school from maybe your whole
2: career oh god um i'm gonna break into a few categories i think my favorite prototyping project in school was we did this commercial fishing suit because basically commercial fishermen Die a lot of times. If someone out there is commercial fisherman, I'm wrong. Please email them and tell them. But basically, we are the two-second pitch was they don't wear life vests because they get in the way and they're not cool. So we made right. like a whole suit. that basically took like Nike um, Pro Combat stuff and put it into it. Oh. So it was all, and we got a suit and literally jumped in the pool. And I made I made a Velcro suit that was Under Armour, but I set stitched Velcro the whole thing. I made little Velcro. Um, what's it called? Pouches. And I put chopped up noodles in it, like not eating noodles, like the pool noodles. Right. And they stuck to it and I could jump in and see how it helped, like how it put you in the water. And we, this girl, Lisa Cox and I worked together and prototyped it. And it took us probably 80 hours or something Like combined. It's like 40 each, maybe even less than that. It's like a tall tale at this point, but I have it in my parents' closet and it was so much fun. when We got to that meet, the final pinup and I just walked in, in the, (laughs) in the concept and we wore it. And that one was really fun to do. But then uh, the Volley Shoe Project was the one where James and I became actually friends. We worked on that junior year, and that's where our really good friend Oscar, the three of us, kind of worked together. And that was the most successful project I had at school by far. Mm-hmm. And then my favorite product as a professional was probably the spray mop I did for OXO. Okay. It was really fun. Actually, no. If that one had come out the way it was supposed to come out, where we didn't have to price cost it at the end, it wouldn't be my favorite. <laughs> my real favorite one was the OXO um, Green Saver products we did that make your produce last a lot longer. And then we did this thing for physics, this beer thing, which is just really fun. That oh, I remember cool. that project. That was cool. Yeah,
0: so, so, I guess after school, or you guys graduated.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I have one more question, one more school-related question. What would you say was, like, the biggest thing that you learned overall from your school experience? Mm, that is a good question.
2: Oh, um, I remember we had this professor named Ed Dorsa, love him to death, and one thing he said to me was... Um, embrace ambiguity Mm. because I'm a recovering raging perfectionist basically (laughs) where I've kind of let it, I've never let it go, it's part of my personality but I've definitely toned it back by like 50% Okay, just because I realized it's not about being perfect, it's about trying new things and if you try and be perfect all the time maybe you'll be that one unicorn who can be perfect and make new things all the time but if you do that you just never actually explore new areas and I was so Tight and tense about ambiguity because I was still like, "Where am I going? I want to have a plan. I want to know right. where I'm going." And right. that's why sometimes I'm like, "Damn, why didn't I just become a mechanical engineer? I could have had <laughs> answers to things once in a while." But basically, he told me that, and he's like, "Trust in yourself, and you'll be fine." And it took—I remember specifically—I was at Smart Design about a year and a half in, and I was having a really down day, and I was thinking, "Wow, I'm a terrible designer." And then I remember Ed saying that, and then I remembered thinking, wow, I don't know why it took a year and a half after school to have this click, but I was like, these people pay me. Like, they <laughs> actually trust me enough to give me money. Right. Yeah. And that was the first time I was like, oh, I guess I'll trust in myself and my process a little more. Yeah. And I think that's where, like, my career actually became a lot more fun.
0: Cool. I, I think the ambiguity thing is so important because I feel in my design process, ambiguity is, is design mm-hmm. to a certain extent, especially yeah. that very beginning phase. I feel like you have to be comfortable with ambiguity at the very beginning of design. I don't know. Yeah, I, I th- love that. I, that's great advice.
1: I mean, I think that, I think that as designers, basically what we do is we we turn ambiguity into physicality. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's basically like the basis. But I mean, yeah, I've, that's that's some really good advice. And and actually, we we had some. We had a question yeah. from Alejandro Alvarez. He was asking Reed if there was one thing you could do differently in school before having graduated that would have benefited you as a professional, what would that be? Yeah, that's perfect. Perfect ties um, in right
2: now. Well, if we're talking about ambiguity, I have two things I would say. One, I would say first, but this one I'll say because of my ambiguity. Basically, um, I was in Denmark a few years ago. If you guys don't know, I have a mild Scandinavia obsession. But basically, I was in the... <clears throat> I forgot. It's like the Danish Royal Museum, or it's like a, it's a big museum about design in the center of Copenhagen. And I was looking at it's um, it called Arne Jacobsen's chairs, mm-hmm. and he had thousands of sketches. And there was a quote saying, "I'm gonna butcher this." Uh, basically, I've done thousands of designs, and only like eight have stuck. And it's about doing lots and lots and lots of things. And right. he didn't sit around and just draw a bunch of them. He them and prototyped every single one. one oh wow. right okay. and that's what i mean not everyone but a lot of them and yeah. even it could have been like a little model and that was before 3d printing but right? right. <laughs> many decades and i think that was something that i wish I did more in school was not to sit there and just like take notes all the time and think through it in my head i would literally lose sleep sitting there thinking through mechanisms in my head how <laughs> oh, i could do yeah. them when i should have just sat down and made something yeah. mm. and if i'd made it if it didn't work i would have known where to go and if mm. it had worked I'd be like cool it worked it's just literally just sit down and just something get, get that it.
0: cardboard get that hot glue
2: there's this guy adam wrigley used to work with at frog who's was a great mechanical engineer and he has this thing called um go do and he made a whole bunch of 3d printed things where each side says go and do and it's a cube and yeah. he would just like throw it at people when they weren't yeah. doing things and they're made out of plastic so they're pretty funny but it's just basically he was always like i don't want to talk stop talking just do something yeah, right. i think that's honestly the easiest and biggest secret designs. just go do some shit it is the person that does the thing
0: is the one who gets the credit
2: yeah you can
0: talk about ideas all day long
1: right yeah and we were talking about that a little bit last week with the whole idea of like should you go with your first idea yeah i think you should like you know it's like if you feel strongly about it model it right and learn from
2: it it's not going to be your final mm-hmm. right you can take it to the, the prototyping stage there's yeah. no hurt in that. So we were talking about, before the podcast, what things we could talk about on the podcast. And one thing I just thought about was a rebuttal to something you guys talked about a few weeks ago. Okay. Or literally this. And it's not really a rebuttal, it's more of just a, a, and what part okay. onto it. Of basically, uh-huh. I think you have to earn the ability to take your first idea first and run with it, you can't do it right away. Yeah. like you, I,
0: could, I definitely agree with that statement. That's a good statement. Because
2: the number one thing, I was um, one of the people who helped out with internship coordination at SMART, and that's something I've kind of stuck with ever since. I love going through portfolios and hiring new people, and working with young designers is really fun because no one's told them no yet, so they're all really excited, and it's just nice being around that energy and working with people who are really, really excited about design. But the number one thing I learned working with interns at SMART was basically, never just have your one design that you take through your portfolio because your job as a young designer is to be the design soldier who sits there and comes up with tons of ideas and executes them, that way when senior designers or even mid-level or creative directors come, you can like have a wall to look through, have a discussion, pick and choose, mush them into concepts, and you don't have the credibility yet to be like, this is my idea. You're not Polish Air. you can't just walk in and be like, here's your logo, take it or leave it. Right. It's like right. You can do that when you own a company or when you're a senior or above, or actually, there's no actual title to put to it, so disregard that, but basically, I feel like when you're a student, the number one cardinal sin in a portfolio is having your one idea and that's it. Like I want to see oh, yeah. all the failed ideas before you got to that one idea.
1: No, totally, totally that's, agree. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think, you know, we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but I think um, you kind of, as you get older as a designer, I think you gain a certain level of intuition mm-hmm. about designs. And that doesn't mean that things can't surprise you at times, like an idea can't surprise you that, oh, I would have never considered that. But I think that there's a certain level of intuition of, mm, you know, you can sort of think about those forms or those ideas in your head. And, you know, mm, I don't think oh, I think something like this would would be a good starting
0: point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, like when you're a student, it do all your ideas, you know, create and fail and then, you know, put this all in your portfolio. I think, like you said, James, once you get out there and you work, you know, five, ten years, you do have this intuition that starts to set in
1: yeah plus it's so much fun to look at little models Mm -hmm. you know yeah and and play with them
2: but something i think it's good about the reason why when you're a young designer it's good to have so many ideas is because like i said no one's told you no yet and you probably don't know if i'm not manufacturing so you'll think of the weird stuff that a jaded senior designer or something will be like nah tried that Here's right, do it. right exactly. but then there'll be some kid who's like let's make that a silly putty and they would be like what and like that's actually kind of cool maybe we can do this yeah. and those yeah. are the people that sometimes like breathe fresh air into projects that's right. how the
1: pet rock got me you and the pet rock no i'm just... all right for god's sakes
0: uh, I'm going to get you one. Wait, for, I want to know what
1: happened. Well, no, he, I, I feel like... The Pet I, Rock
0: was like this failed idea that it, everyone was like, no, it would never work. And the guy was like, oh, I'm just going to do it anyways. And he made a million dollars. Are you, are you like his
1: grandson or something? Because I, I feel like you I would bring have the, up... I would have part of that million dollars. You bring up but, the Pet yeah. Rock
2: at least one, like every three episodes. It's a it good,
0: was, good example.
2: <laughs> Six years after graduating from Virginia Tech, I found out one of my classmates' grandfather was the inventor of Spider-Man. I was like, are you kidding me? What? What? Stan Stan Lee? Stan Lee or Jack Kirby? Wait, you told me this. Who did, who, what? Maybe we should take this offline.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, I think another question before we, like, it's kind of a stepping stone to moving on to your professional life is internships.
2: Internships during school. Did you have
0: internships, Reed?
2: I had one. That was my, that was the thing I was going to say. If we weren't talking about ambiguity, that's what I was going to say. Like, when I go to schools, I have this lecture I've given so many times, I can probably do it, like. With my eyes closed without a presentation mm-hmm. but basically we're a captive <coughs> audience i can't look at both of you at once <laughs> um take more internships because the secret to internships is that everyone applies for summer but no one really applies for the off-season ones and mm. people are always like well, i don't want to miss school yeah. but really if you just nerd do it again, like look at it this way when i was at frog i was the one who always went through applications for the new york studio and we i would go through maybe. Between 200 and 400 every summer. Oh wow. But in the fall, one year I went through eight. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Which, which one do you think you have more likelihood to get into? Wow, that
0: is, that's some yeah, insight. fall frog is that getting. Is, yeah, <laughs> exactly.
2: It's because no one, everyone, everyone and their mother wants an internship during the summer. But right. no one, it thinks about it in the school year. And I wish I had been more ballsy to just take a semester off. Because I was such a Type A human being, well, I still am, but even more back in school, I was like, "Well, if I miss the fall, I'm not going to graduate in four years." And right into that, no one cares if you graduate in seven years as that. long as you're make, being productive while you're doing this it. This is why we have the podcast for yeah. these gems. Yeah, this is
0: groundbreaking information. here. Oh my gosh! All these were students all of right those, those, all these people that are listening, ah, oh, they're just blowing their minds right now. I know.
1: we were, were all of those applicants Cincinnati? A lot of them. Yeah, those Cincinnati kids. What? I. Like, when I meet them, I just get so upset, because I'm like, I didn't have a single internship before leaving college, and they've had, they're basically mid-level by the time that they leave oh, school. Oh, are they supposed to have, like,
0: ten internships?
2: They have, like, they have at least four. It's four or Three five. or four, yeah. It's crazy. It's, I mean, Cincinnati students come out, and they're, like, European good.
0: Yeah, well, okay. Oh, no.
2: There's like, there's a few schools in Europe that are hands down the best students every time I see them. Yeah. Or not, not every time, but like consistently really good. Like Umea and Sweden's. I'm thinking. I think I'm saying it wrong. Um, and then there's I think it's ISD in, or that might be in India. There's DSK and ISD in India, and then there's just one school in France that the students are always just. Impeccable. Nasty. They're awesome.
1: Nasty. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, well, where was your first internship?
2: I worked at a place called HS Design. It was a small, mostly medical design consulting firm in Gladstone, Peapack, New Jersey. Mm. Which, fun fact, my parents got married in the church next to my internship back in the day. Because my mom's from that part of New Jersey. It's honestly a complete coincidence. It's like the only ID firm that's in Central Jersey over there. (laughs) And I applied because something else I'll talk about in my, um, what's it called? Landing your first job out of school presentation I give the students is always use your network and follow up and make your own opportunities. It's basically I when I was a freshman IDSA asked people to come out they were asking sophomores to come out and I saw the flyer as a freshman and I went to kickball and I met this senior and she ended up being a full-time job there and then two years later I emailed her and I was like hey can I apply for this internship and then it turned into an internship and if I hadn't gone to kickball that one day I would never have gotten that first wow. internship. And it's like the thing where, like I said, like you can sit around and be like, "Why is that thing working for me?" It's like, well, it's because you're not getting up and going to play kickball with some people.
1: Right? Like, yeah. Indulge the FOMO is yeah. what was saying. F-
2: yeah, it's kind of when you're a student, you have to want to go to everything. Right. And like, why not? Most times there's free booze or food at least. Just go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, for sure.
1: I was just off doing salsa dancing. That was. Oh, right now? I didn't today. Well, no, oh, yeah, in we're school. Today? Oh, okay. <laughs> And that didn't land me any internships. God, it, it didn't even land me a girlfriend. But it was beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful. It brought tears to people's eyes.
0: I'm crying right now, <laughs> just hearing about it.
1: <laughs> but um, so you went to HS. Yeah. You graduated from Tech. Mm-hmm. And then what was the first first stop out of Tech?
2: Uh, I went to now defunct Quirky.com. They're back. Are they? Oh, they're back. Oh, under now under new ownership. Okay, I retract that statement. But yeah. they, I didn't even know they were back. They, they, they
1: shouldn't be back.
2: Oh, well, I didn't say that James did. But um, <laughs> oh <I don't> no, <laughs> no, this is
1: against the new ownership,
2: not like not, a phoenix rising from the ashes. I don't. Everyone I know who used to work there works other places. Like one of my best friends works at BuzzFeed, and I saw my creative director just walking around BuzzFeed. Cause half of them work there now. Yeah. So, huh. Oh shit what's up man? Yeah. Um, but basically I didn't say hello to him though. He doesn't know I saw him. So if you're listening, I meant to say hello, (laughs) but basically, um, I went to quirky and the way I was looking at it was HS design was really great because it was consulting. But I think for me, I kind of learned that maybe medical wasn't fully up my alley. Um, and I wanted to try something completely different. So quirky was this crowdfunding hybrid of people could submit ideas. And if you actually had a good one the design team would vote on it and then we'd vote with the public and then the design team would take it and push it forward and then if it got all the way through these crazy steps we'd make it under the quirky brand and then you'd get a royalty and it was really fast-paced It was huge it was in new york city and well actually since they don't really exist anymore i can say one reason why i really went there it's because i wanted to be right next door to smart design so Uh-oh. i could. So I could literally be on a beck and call go over whenever they if I can get into and that that ended up panning out actually it worked out yeah but um I had a great time there they taught me how to work fast and how to really just not overthink it and just get in and do it and I think it was a perfect yin yang to my first internship and kind of seeing both sides of it and helped me figure out like you can't learn anything from a graph unless you plot two points and once i had those two i could figure out where i wanted to go next yeah um and it was really helpful and it was a really fun place i met some cool people and then james and a bunch of my other friends all went through their whole vt contingency plows yeah we all well went through yeah after reed was out he got me and oscar
1: in so we we both had internships there at right quirky. after right. At, at Quirky, and then Chris Carpenter went there too. Yeah, we got Chris Carpenter in. I it, on It's all he you know, isn't it? It is. I mean that that I gave a presentation to uh, Virginia Tech kids, very similar to well, a portion of of that of that what you just said, and it's it's just a you know it, it's so much about relationships, like just be. <laughs> Be a good person <laughs> to other people and work hard. You know, like, show up and
2: do work. Yeah. And it's like, you can make it. Yeah. I do this thing in this presentation where I see how many times I can say dick in a sentence. <laughs> because I had this story about as intern that was a dick and it came completely full circle on the other side of the planet where there was this intern and I was with my French coworker and his French girlfriend, and we were talking about this individual, and I was like, yeah, he was kind of a a dick, and then his girlfriend, I was like, she's like, who are you talking about, and I said the person's name, and she's like, oh, yeah, he's a dick, (laughs) and he was from another country, so I was like, holy crap, the design world is so tiny, it is, if you ever burn a bridge, people in literally Guam will know that (laughs) that you're a dick, like, you just can't, it's, it's, it's always better to swallow your pride and be a good person than it yeah. is to like get that last word in or something some because it will always come back to haunt you. And you'll never know. You'll apply for a job and you're like, I'm perfect for this job. Yeah. it's is great. And then some creative directors, junior designers, roommate said that you were a dick and then you won't get it. And you'll never know that happened, but it did.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well, I think that's maybe some more advice for students. Uh, get out of the studio and go to a party. Learn how to socialize. Be nice. Because it... I mean it's like you know, it's like He's yeah. talking about himself. Okay. <laughs> That's all James did in school, right? <laughs> yeah. I did it, I did it. Well the salsa dancing, that was my right you know. But uh but yeah, I mean it's it seems so simple, but I don't know, I feel like people don't really understand that part. They're so focused on the skill set, especially in school. I mean, of course, understandably, you want to stand out in that way, but people don't want to work with people that they don't like. That's that true. That they don't get along with. We all,
0: know, we all remember those kids in school that we hated. Ugh. hmm And now what are they doing?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I I just feel like if you're an a-hole, you basically have to start your own firm.
0: Like, that's... I see, that- I heard that the other day on the live stream. I don't think I agree with that, James. You don't... What do you mean? Oh, no. I, like... I, I like to think of myself starting a small, independent thing. No, 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 no.
1: I'm not saying only a-holes start their own firms. I'm just saying that <laughs> that's if the you only, are only That's their one, only option. That's the only I see, option. I see. I mm-hmm. If you're right. talented
0: it's, and a jerk. complicated. I mean, yeah, I mean... I feel like James is calling me an asshole right now.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've been calling you that every single pod since the beginning. <laughs> that's after the pod, yeah. So he's, yeah. He's like,
0: hey, why would you do
1: that? Yeah. But, uh... Yeah. But um, you know, so you you mentioned you were trying to get in close proximity, stock out,
2: smart design. Mm -hmm. Why smart design? Why was that so important to you? Um, I think I've always I've got. I mean, I've changed my person. My something I used to think is that people don't change, and I've really learned, especially in the last year, that people really do change over time. And when I was a student, I was so gung ho on like just what is the pinnacle of what you can do and back then it was like work at a big consulting firm that's right. like what everyone they wanted the ID, ideo frog smart continuum uh, like whoever I, fuse project i like. think
0: that also is still the pinnacle for a lot of people mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. my opinion it might
2: be different for me just because i've
0: kind of gone
2: through them right. mostly at this point but it's still great places to work and it's just the that's a whole different topic the landscape's changing of what I I always ask students where do you go? what's the sexy place you guys want to work at now? I'm just curious what like what the kids want, right. Where they're all going, <laughs> what the cool what the cool place what is. What are they saying? Um, the tiny firms are the ones that are blowing up right now. Really? Uh, I would like to say plugging my own firm Aruleedon, it's pretty cool. <laughs> but also like what's it called? Branch, um, minimal, box clever. I don't know who it's like who are all the cool bay area firms that are out there oh visibility my friend chris crowley went yeah. there mm-hmm. shout out to him yeah. he's a badass designer um i don't know who else you guys are do designers what other cool firms visibility out there? is the one i would say yeah. small small design
1: firms i'm trying to think i don't know there's like I mean,
0: prime studios and Prime. yeah it layer no. pops out good work layer yeah oh, layers of layer right now layers i've been following hubert layer is, since the beginning layers on top if, on fire if, right now
2: if benjamin hubert listens to this we've been we've been like tagging for way too long we need to have a conversation I, about something
0: uh, benjamin hubert follows
1: james but not me what's up with that yeah he I likes know. my he likes my stuff too
2: you know how on i like to think he's listening instagram and now it tells you like, the top two people that like your photos. Uh-huh. It's like these two people and everyone yeah. else. It's yeah. always you and Benjamin Hubert. <laughs> it's always James. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm or actually, top. it's actually you two or Benjamin Hubert usually, oh, or Arlene. It's like those are the four that always pop up. Oh, man,
1: uh, I um, I think I made a, a major faux pas in my first my first uh, reaching out to Benjamin Hubert. I You've had multiple. It well, it was just one. It was just the one time, but he had just started layer and they put up the website and I messaged him and I was like, Benjamin, I'm a big fan of your work have been for a really long time. I just want to say the new website is kind of difficult to navigate. Oh, you, <laughs> I trolled him, call him out. I trolled him because the, the thing that really annoys me about the layer website is you can't easily go from project to project. You have to go back to works. Like you have to go back to like projects and then click on the next project. I just want to be able to like go through. I just want to be and um, and he hasn't changed it. I think he's just like he's like begrudgingly like maybe if he's listening. Changing, maybe
0: if he's listening right now, he will change it.
1: I I almost based my or entire, maybe he'll unfollow James. That's <laughs> yeah, one of the two. I mean, he inspired my my thesis project, like really? just in terms of because he did a. Uh, you know, my dad has a, a rotomolding factory, and he did a he did this rotomolded chair with wooden legs. That I was like, oh my god, this is what you could do with rotomolding. It kind of opened my eyes to what is possible with rotomolding. I'm, I'm watching as Nick and Reed are visibly so hot in this room right now because <laughs> we don't have
0: <laughs> it's starting to turn up the heat. We might uh, have to take a break. I'm just trying here. to
2: like even out the stickiness that's going on <laughs> right now. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, it just kind of that
1: project. I mean, that's what he's so amazing at is taking a process and and uh, I guess the best word is like exploiting that process or it's yeah. like Ce- best celebrating. attributes Ce- celebrating it. I would say no, I'll I'll, I'll say exploit you exploiter. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, I'm really not going to be friends with Benjamin Hubert. It's he so celebrates so the so process. Great. He celebrates all these manufacturing processes and. And what he did with rotomolding it just, like, really hit home with me. And so the project that I did senior year was, was all around rotomolding, but I was very interested in combining it with other materials to, like, elevate, mm-hmm. yeah. elevate the process.
0: Um, yeah, I think, I think this might be a good time to take a quick break. I think we're going to do a two-parter of mm-hmm. this podcast. Um, it is currently 91 degrees here in my bedside room apartment. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Check out all the the pictures and things on MeyerDetailsPodcast.com. Of course, you can check out me at Nick P. Baker.
2: I am uh, James Connors at I Draw on Receipts. And I'm Reed Dot Schlegel. I'm very yeah.
0: creative. My name is so unique. <laughs> our uh, our music is by Kyoshi the Kid. And yeah, subscribe. Do all those thing, fun things. We'll be back. Right now, in our heads, we're about to talk again, but... We'll be back in another week, so hold tight guys for Stay a week. tuned.